my dreams came true Friday night at the Jason Aldean concert. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast mm. with Mike Keller and Jenny Matthews. We wanted to take this episode and give you, because one of the cool things, one of the main reasons I got into radio in the first place, I'm not going to lie, is the perks. The potential to meet famous people? Absolutely, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get into this. Sure, and somebody who loves going to concerts, just free concert tickets? Hi. Hello. And way back in the day, free CDs? Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of great perks of uh, of the job we have, and, and, and absolutely we like to take advantage of them. It's how they negotiate with contracts as well. They're like, listen, we can only pay, especially when you're first getting started, we can only pay you this... But look at all this cool stuff you're going to get to do. My first radio salary was $18,000 a year. Mine was $20,000 a year. And I had to fight for that extra thousand because she wanted to give me 19. And you're like, come on, just make it a nice round number. I know. I was just irritated about the fact that it was 19. Come on. Right. Just make it. What are you, what are you doing? Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get to So what we wanted to do with this episode is now that we are, uh, you know, we're, we live a very blessed life and we're able to do very cool things because we're being employed by Q104. Uh, and one of those things um, is, is a special kind of behind the scenes. Like, you know, you can buy like a, a meet and greet package for, you know, let's let's just use the Aldeans as an example, Jason Aldean. You could purchase like a meet and greet package and get a photo with him. But we have a very cool thing. Uh, it's called the Radio Room. And we get to kind of just, just a chance to network with him and his label and things like that. So we wanted to just kind of take you behind the scenes. Um not, not to make you jealous, but just because I know a lot of people are genuinely curious, just like, what's the night like? Oh, I'm going to tell you a little story here. I've been in radio since 1997. Um, I didn't even know the radio room was actually a thing. And to be fair, maybe it's not a thing with every radio station or with every genre of music. I don't mm. know. But with country music, it sure is. Um, I was never in the radio room before. I, I had gone back and met several artists over the years, but... It was typically at shows that we were holding. I'll give you an example, like a Red, White, and Boom for Mix 93.3. Yeah. We, you know, our big concert we'd have every year. and we'd Get have to a meet Flo Rida? Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, we would get to meet the artists at those kind of shows because they were our shows. But at the big, let's just say the Justin Bieber concert, I wasn't given the opportunity to go back and meet Justin Bieber. Do you know what I mean? I met him at Red, White, and Boom, but I didn't meet yeah. him there. And like all your bosses did, but you didn't get to. And Yeah, and, and not even just speaking of mix, but just at other stations that I've worked at. It just it was something that I feel like the our program director or the whoever in charge would take that opportunity to take his friends and, you know, his his family and everybody else backstage. But, but maybe, maybe take your maybe coworkers once in a while. In a while. Go, I mean, throw the girl a bone once in a while. You exactly. Know, so, so to be, but it's whatever. I mean, I, 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 it's not like I'm sitting around harboring bitterness about it, but I just want to put that out there that it's not that way. It's not always that way. We mm-hmm. are very lucky that Todd, our program director, he does take care of us and he wants us to have cool experiences. We won't be going back to every single show, maybe not, but... I think he knew how much it meant to me personally to go backstage at Jason Aldean in hopes of meeting his wife. Exactly. So um, this most recent Friday night, we had the opportunity. Jason Aldean was in town. We got to go backstage. We got very cool VIP badges. And we just wanted to share the experience of what it was like because it was very cool. So first things first, uh, I'm not sure whose policy it was, but we didn't mind this policy. We totally understood. We go uh, in through a back entrance and the first thing we have to do is get take a rapid covid test yeah and it was funny waiting for those results even though none of us felt sick and none of us had been exposed that we knew of to covid weren't you nervous you probably weren't you don't get that way i was nervous i thought this is going to be 
the one night I'm super excited about, and I'm going to end up testing positive for COVID. I just had this gut feeling that I was going to be positive. And here's why I wasn't worried about that for you was because you just had COVID run rampant through your house like three weeks ago. I know. And so you all have built up the antibodies, the immunity now. So I knew there was no way you were testing positive. And the logical part of me knew that. But I love that there was somebody else backstage, too, that was having the same exact reaction. She's like, I just I had this feeling it would just be me. That would be my luck that I would have the positive test, even though I have no symptoms whatsoever. Everybody tested negative. We all tested negative. Everyone was just fine. So then everybody got to take their masks off because I actually think. I think everybody was vaccinated back there, too. I'm not positive, but... It, we don't know. We assume I, yeah, so. Yeah, we assume yeah. so. But anyway, so we were able to really enjoy the night at that point because everybody yeah. knew that everybody was negative. So we go into the radio room, which is... I guess I would compare it, wouldn't you, to like when people um, on TV, they'll say it, they're in the green room. Sure. Something like that. I think that's the perfect description. So let me set up the uh, the radio room for you. The one they set up the T-Mobile Center is usually very nice. And uh, what they want you to do back there is have a good time because there is some networking going on there. There's certainly some discussions being had. Obviously, the artist wants you to have a good time and in hopes that maybe you give their songs a couple extra plays on the radio. There is a networking thing there. Uh, So we get back there. And in this particular radio room, you know, Jason originally from Georgia. So the table is covered in Georgia Bulldogs apparel. Shout out Georgia. Now the number one ranked football team in the country, by the way, after Alabama lost. Congratulations. Shout shout out to Jason and, and his squad there. Um and on it, there were, uh, you know, there were some 12 packs of soda, a couple of, uh, you know, trail mix packs, some chips, three bottles of Jack Daniels, yep. two bottles of Grey Goose, some red Solo cups, a cooler full of ice, and a fridge full of some Bud Lights and White Claws. Yeah. They want you to have yourself a time. And just to be in the backstage area of mm-hmm. the venue. It's just a cool feeling, don't you think? Because we were really right behind it. We were like backstage a little to the right to where we could see the little path that the artists take to get up to take the main stage of T-Mobile Center. We could see the, the stage from there. It was very cool. Yeah, and just to be back and seeing that perspective, it's a cool thing. Yeah, and so what they do is they email us like these very specific times when everyone's going to be there. So the, the total thing lasted about an hour and 15 minutes, and we, we get there first, and then it's 15-minute increments with each artist. So like... Uh, for that show, Lainey Wilson and Hardy were the openers. So Lainey Wilson would walk in, talk with everyone for 15 minutes. She would leave. Hardy came in and talked to everyone for 15 minutes. And then Jason Aldean would come in and talk to everyone for 15 Lainey, minutes. Um, Wilson, by the way, very sweet. She was very, real sweet. Can we talk about her twang? Yes. I did. I wasn't expecting it. I haven't heard as much twang on anybody since, I think, Jennifer Nettles. Yeah, I would agree with that. Sure. But not quite as... And this... I don't, I don't I mean know what to, you're gonna say, but not as cat-like. No. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be real with it because, like, a lot of people, a lot of people who don't like Sugarland or Jennifer Nettles just say she's a little too. You know, like, and and on some songs she's not, but right. on the ones where she is, I can't listen to it. And a lot of people feel that yeah. way. And, and if you're a Sugarland fan, I apologize. It I'm not trying to is. be rude. We keep it real. Laney's got the twang, mm-hmm. but not quite the the to the point where it's 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 a little more. Easy to listen to as opposed to Jennifer, who who is the twangiest twang of all time. So she had on these bell bottoms, and I guess that's her statement piece. I didn't realize that. Okay. Somebody back there was telling me that she has hundreds of pairs of bell bottoms, and that's really all she wears. That's what she's known for. She was just as cute and sweet as could be. I really enjoyed her. Uh, hey, Tater, you are a uh, you've had a crush on Lainey for a long t- long time. Like oh. you you would like her to be your wife, I'm assuming. 
I think that she is dating somebody when I did a podcast with Jordan Davis. Uh, Ain't no ring on it. Okay, there you go. Ain't no ring. Ain't no thing. Okay. Yeah, I think she's very cute. She's very nice. She's from Louisiana, and she is just down to earth. I mean, I've known her for a while. She actually did a very thoughtful thing. Listen to this guy. I've I've known her for a while. Okay. Okay. Brush your shoulders off, pimp. Well, I know her. Do you mean sliding up in her DMs, or what do you mean? Uh, Oh, we have each other's phone numbers. Get out of here. And, and oh, no, come I'm going to say we had her on the Behind the Strings podcast that Todd and I do when we talk to artists, and she did a very thoughtful thing, and I wanted to say thank you so much for her. Uh, she uh, said that she was sorry to hear that my father passed away because uh, I did put that on social media, and, uh, and a couple of her friends know me as well uh, that are singer-songwriters, and, and they probably let her know, like, hey, you know, Tater's feeling down, and, and my dad did pass away in November, and she sent me a text, and it really meant a lot. That's you know, incredibly sweet. What a thoughtful person. Hey, not to call you out here, bud, but I noticed you're promoting your other podcast on this podcast. Get the hell's up with you right now, man. Jeez. Uh, Jeez, dude. Hey, it's all in the same app. Q104KC. Download it if you don't have it on your smartphone yet. At behind, the, behind the strings, wherever you get your podcast. I'll, I don't no, I'll, I'll take care of it for you there, big dog. All right, geez. Since we're going there. Uh, Real oh, Life man. with Jenny Matthews, wherever you get you your podcast. You don't even do that one anymore. I don't, but I've told a lot of stories on there. So if you want to know every deep, dark secret I've ever had, it's on there. There is an episode specifically devoted to everything your vagina has been through. It's, and it, very, it's very true. When you and I were getting to know each other, it's one of my favorite <laughs> stories to share. When you and I were like, they were... Secret having secret talks about putting us together to host the morning drive on Q104. We looked like we were having an affair because we, we were meeting up for secret sessions. Yeah, <laughs> to like record what we would sound like. And you had suggested, you're like, hey, shameless plug. But you're like, listen to my, it's like, honestly, we need to get to know each other a little more. You should listen to one of my podcasts. And so I, I was looking at some of your episodes and what, what was the what was the title of that? I believe it was called Vagina Candles, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, ever, and I was like, well, I'm listening to that one. <laughs> and I remember I got out of the car we arrived at Westport at the same time. I got out of the car. I just finished the episode. And I, and you were like, hey, Mike. And I'm like, hey, Jenny, just listen to the podcast about your vagina. Yeah, that's what like, I knew. Bruh! I knew we were going to be besties at that point because yeah. there would be no secrets. But, yes, it is real life with Jenny Matthews if you'd like to learn more about my vagina candles. Anywho, that's I, an I don't aside. have my own podcast. I appreciate you listening to this one because this is all I got. Maybe my, my wife and I should start our own. I, I think that's a great idea. Keeping up with that. the Kellers. You should totally do that. Uh, that's a lot of work. Oh, that's a lot of work. Extra work. I don't really want. To. I'm I'm good with the one podcast we do. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm like you too. I'm not a. I'm not a hard worker. Yeah. Like I I really just latch on to you guys and just let you pull the show and yeah. then pretend to be the star of it. Well, you it, pre- you're you're pretending to be the star. You're doing a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving, I'm okay. Kidding. So I'm totally back, kidding. Okay, so, back so, to the radio yeah, room. Radio room. Uh, we talked to Lainey. Very nice. Very sweet. Um, a yeah. quick conversation I did have, and that's what's cool about the radio is we do get a chance to really have a a, a conversation, not like an interview where we're kind of you know whenever we do an interview on the radio, you know their record label will send over like you know please ask about this this and this. Like, we can do it in our own way, but they like it to go a certain way. Whereas radio room, it's it's just shooting the shit. It's let's have a conversation. Oh yeah, and real so- casual because we were all just to paint the picture. We're in there, and there are some other people from some other stations in there. We're all, we're all just kind of mingling and drinking and having a good time, and the artist just sort of stroll in yeah it's very casual and 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 what i was going to say so laney walks in and you feel the presence of somebody that's an up-and-coming star i would say yeah party rolls up 
And you're like, okay, there's Hardy. Like, that was kind of a cool moment. By the way, Hardy looks like Kid Rock went to college. 100%. <laughs> like, I've been trying to, people were trying to, because there are some people who hadn't heard of Hardy yet, or like, or like they had heard, but they didn't know what he looked like. They saw it, because he's got the longer hair, but kind of the dorky glasses, and the hat, and we're like, we're trying to describe him. Yeah. And it came to me on about my third Jack Daniels that night. Yeah. I was like, Hardy looks like Kid Rock went to college. And when I tell you that there was laughter. Like yeah. people really enjoyed that explanation, so that is now how I'm describing well, it's Hardy. Incredibly accurate. Um, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't know a ton about Hardy. I know you know I got a couple of his songs or whatever, but I didn't realize that he is an incredible songwriter. Mm-hmm. More so, maybe known for that. Tater is furious at you for not knowing that. Well, I just I just didn't know, but right. I also didn't know that he rocks out. I mean. He went hard on stage. It was it was really impressive. It's like there was a little death metal show in the middle of the country concert. I'm serious. I just I wasn't expecting it. And I, by the way, I, he's got this song apparently that all the fans and Tater. I'm sure you know the song, but I had never heard the song. Four, the four by four, four is by four. four. Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah. I'm just getting it again. Three jacks in, going, never heard this song Me in my either. life. Uh-uh. And but we're sitting there head banging. Yeah. Four, four by four is four. four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, we're, we're getting it. Oh, it was awesome. Totally here for that. Real quick backtrack to Lainey Wilson because there was one story I wanted to share. Um, I told her because for those, Lainey's got that song, "Things a Man Ought to Know." Has that gone number one yet? Yeah, it Yeah, did. it went number one. It did. Yeah. Okay, so congrats to Lainey on the number one. It went number one. I told her, I said, hey, I got to tell you, I'm not actually, but I'm going to jokingly tell you that I'm offended by that song because as a man, I don't know how to do any of the shit you were talking about in that right? song. <laughs> I cannot hook a trailer to a two-inch hitch. And she's like, she came back with the greatest response. She's like, hey, in her accent, hey, she's like, I said I can do it. I didn't say I could do it well. And I'm like, oh, like it was so, That's so great. But then we got to talk and I told her about how my wife is the handyman of the family. You know, since we bought this house two years ago, she's remodeled two bathrooms. She did the uh, she redid our, our our wall that the head of our bed is on in the master bedroom. Like it was just tan. She painted it. She uh, nail gunned some wood to it, made this like 3D textured wall. Looks awesome. I mean, it really is impressive. I mean, you're. Your wife goes to Home Depot more than my husband. She, so what I, I showed her, I was like, would you mind? I was like, because I, I do want to brag on my wife a little bit. So I showed her the picture of some of my wife's work. And she, and there was a genuine shock. She was like, your wife did that? I was like, I mean, I helped paint. Right. <laughs> I held like, the ladder. She was like, I can't believe that. Will she come to my house? And we're like, hell yeah, we'll come to your house. Sure, absolutely. Go, wait till you're, a, wait till you get a big mansion and then just give us a wing. That'd be great. I think she's going to do big things. I feel like she's off to a really good start. I, I mean, I just assume she's brand new. Or yeah. was that the first song that really made it to the radio? That, yeah, that's I, the song that made her famous. Yeah. Like that, that's definitely the one for her. And, and so now this will kind of, you know, behind the scenesy stuff. But the next song selection is so important for her. Mm-hmm. So she went slow here with things a man I don't know. I'd like to hear something upbeat next. I'd like to hear the other side of her, and I'd like to see that do well as well. And mm-hmm. then, then she'll be off to the races. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, well, so then, okay, so we've got Lainey, we've got Hardy, and then Jelly Roll rolled up <laughs> into dude, the room. Okay, hold on. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> so, I, no, okay, I had never heard of this guy in my entire life. I, I kept had, calling him Jellyfish all weekend. I, <laughs> I'm dying. I couldn't laughing. remember. I had heard of him. He got really big on Instagram. Well, he so, got really big. He's <laughs> a larger gentleman, yeah. Uh, Jelly Roll 615 on Instagram, because that's how he got so famous um that's how he got so famous uh but so his story is reformed drug dealer a lot of time in in jail 
Um, but he's out, and, and music saved him. He has now discovered a career in music. Which so is he, incredible, actually, just, and is, I have incredible respect for that. Yeah, and he, so he got he just ended up building this huge following on Instagram, lived in Nashville his whole life, built up this following on Instagram, and then finally, just very recently, got signed to Jason Aldean's record label. So the record label had him up, put him in a show at the, at the Midland here in Kansas City. And but he he was he was back there as well. Wait, he hadn't met Jason yet. So they him and Jason got to meet for the first time at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, which I think is a very cool story. Like yeah, I feel absolutely. like he'll remember Kansas City forever for that now. Mm-hmm. So and he did a show over at the Midlands, sold out in like six hours. Like I mean, sh- shout out to Jelly Roll. He's got a huge following. And uh, I'm I'm just gonna say this: um, there was little doubt that Jelly Roll had. Quite a bit of marijuana in his pocket. <laughs> you can smell it. There was a there mile was a away. there was a scent in the room. There was no doubt. There was no question. So while he has put his drug dealing past behind him and probably the hard drugs, I feel like he still partakes very much. So he had a show the, the next marijuana. night. Yeah. He had a show the next night in Denver, by the way. And oh, did he? Know? His Instagram. I was watching his stories, and he he definitely visited the recreational dispensaries. Here's my question, though, about him. How did you guys know who he was? How in the world? Because it's not like we play his music or anything. How do you know who he is? Uh, he's a Nashville native, and he knows these people in Nashville, and so he kind of grew up around it. But he is in like the rap scene and this and that. Yeah, Here's how a did very, you know him? Uh, I've seen him on some podcasts because I'm not really into his music as much. I've listened to it since I've learned more about him. Mm-hmm. But he's been on with uh, uh, Bussin' with the Boys, which uh, there's an NFL player and one that kind of – plays here and there that sign he he's on been on there with him and also here's a very fun fact about it and mike i know you're going to know exactly what i'm talking about the music city miracle was whenever the tennessee titans were down and out they should have lost yeah, the Google playoff yeah, game yeah. i don't know what you're talking about Hold he on. watched that from juvie there's a building that overlooks the stadium in nashville he said the window looked out on the field and he could see the music city miracle this playoff miracle that happened that let the Tennessee Titans move on to the next round in the playoffs. He got to watch that from Juvie. So he has reformed himself from being a person that watched the NFL game from a Juvie cell to actually selling out stadiums. Like I said, soon. good for him. I mean, yeah. honestly, to overcome all that and then to be backstage beating J- Jason Aldean with your own record deal and whatever, good for you. That's awesome. Yep. That's incredible. By the way, note we have to throw in there, the Tennessee Titans made it all the way to the Super Bowl that year where they lost two. The St. Louis Rams. Thank See, you very much. That's why I was tying Great it in for you, Mike. Thank you. So Jelly Roll rolled on up into the room, and we got to who, talk to him. And who knows what else he rolled on up that <laughs> night. No, we Well, we, we do. Yeah, there was a certain je ne sais quoi about the scent coming off of old Jelly Roll there. Super nice guy, though. Terrifying ter- looking. Ter- terrifying. He's got face tattoos. I mean, he looks like a killer. Yeah, but... <laughs> Very nice. Went up to said, "Hey, congrats on the deal, man! Like, I know how huge that is to sign a record yeah. deal." And he's just like, "Thank you so much. This is like a dream come true." And I'm, I'm just going to cry talking about it. I'm like, "What the?" Okay, all right, here we go. No, I'm, I'm truly very happy for him, and he's obviously worked very hard to get there. So then, all of a sudden, and again, there's no announcement that anyone's coming into the room. They just sort of stroll in, and you see him almost with a glow around his entire. Body. Jason Aldean just comes into the room. And there really is something about a celebrity and their appearance. Obviously, I'm sure he had a stage makeup on and whatever. He was all dressed to go on stage. He looked fantastic. But he just, celebrities just have a a look. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's the makeup. And it's the lighting in the room. I, I, I really believe that. And here's why. I'm, I'm going to throw a little humble brag. I'm not even going to lie. Go ahead. We did get to hang out with Jason Aldean a couple years yeah. ago in the Bahamas. Yeah. There was no stage makeup on there. And he looked well, as normal as you and me. Like, what he was he wearing? Like just shorts and a t-shirt or swim, something? Swim trunks and a, and a tank top. Like as we went poolside and we're hanging See, out. and that's what I think. That's why I bet you, I know he and Brittany went to Disney World a few weeks back because I know everything that they do. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my gosh, don't they just get mobbed? And I bet they don't because I bet they wear baseball hats and t-shirts okay. and no the makeup and they probably look like... She wears the big sun hat that yeah. covers her face and just looks like a couple when their two kids going to the beach. Right. You just don't think about it. And you got to remember, yes, they're big to us because of what we do for a living. They go down to Mexico or the Bahamas or wherever they're going to go. They're not going to They're not gonna be as mobbed out of the country because a lot of people... Yeah. people are there I'm talking from, about Disney World though. Oh, that's right. You are talking about Disney World. Um, yeah, and so, it's... I mean, literally, like, they're just walking around Disney World. But, again, I'm thinking if there's so many families at Disney World, and they've got their two kids, and, I mean, again, a baseball hat, no makeup. You probably yeah. wouldn't really. What One time we met, Ken, I did get to meet Kenny Chesney backstage years ago, and he was not in his stage attire. Mm-mm. He was backstage in a pair of khakis and a red polo shirt. He looked like he could be going for his shift at Target. I mean, he <laughs> he looked like the most average human being I've ever seen in my life. And then I swear to you, it was like 10 minutes later. We're out. We're getting ready to watch the show. And he comes out on stage. And I swear, he went through a boot. It's like he went through some kind of a tunnel. And he got a spray tan. And he was yeah. all oiled up. And yeah. his you know, muscles out and whatever. He looked like a totally different person. So, Ch- Sorry, Chesney does the uh, pro wrestling thing. He totally throws the baby oil on the arms to make oh, him shiny. Sure does, Absolutely, as he, he does. Yeah, I mean, I would too if I were him. So Jason comes into the room and he just looks like a celebrity, and it was really a cool moment just getting to see him in the room. But then, about two minutes later, you yeah. said to me, "I said, Jenny, come with me," because I kept my eye on the door <sighs> because what you didn't know at this time was that not only had I been scheming, talking with their rep- record reps about how much you would have liked to meet his wife, Brittany, and how that's the person you were really there to see, uh, I then found out that our boss, Todd, had had lunch with those people earlier in the day, and he told them at lunch, oh hey, gosh. Jenny needs to meet Brittany, and they and their exact answer was, we can probably make that happen. Unbelievable. And so, of course, we're not going to tell you that. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> we want to surprise you no, with that. No, but you kind of kept telling me, like, you should get excited. Like, I bet you're going to well, meet no. her. Like, you just to pump me up about it. And I wouldn't let myself get excited because I thought if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed and I don't want to think about it. When we walked into the arena, I remember telling you, I said, hey, I did ask the, I, I asked them if his whole family is here. And I, I don't know about anything, but I am going to tell you that she is here right now. Oh, my God. And you're like, <laughs> so at that point, I would have been excited if I just saw her across the way, right. you know, just to get a glimpse. So, yeah. So Jason was actually, he was talking to, uh, Jason walked in and he was talking to some of the other radio stations. We're kind of back of the room. So he was talking to one of the other radio stations, group of people. And I kept my eye on the door and I happened to notice one of the reps walk to the door and kind of do this wave. <gasps> and I'm like, and I'm like, here we go. I didn't see any of this. So oh. I got my phone out and started hitting record. And uh, just kind of her, her and, I, and I said, "Hey Jenny," and then I saw, and then I saw her. I saw the blonde hair, and I was like, "There she is!" And I was like, "Hey Jenny," I was like, "Hey Jenny, come here." Hey Jenny, come here. And you're like, "What?" Because we were about, Jason was about to come right. up to us, and I'm like, 
eh, forget Jason, right? Just, right? just come with me. And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's somebody else at the door. Oh and then you're like, God. and then you're like, I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this video, by the way, is absolutely terrible. Like, it's it's just me clomp. Like, I'm clomping to the door. <laughs> so I expected you to walk at a normal no. adult walk pace. No. You, what, what's the Olympic sport where it looks like they're trying to not crap their pants? Speed <laughs> yeah, walking? What is that? You <laughs> sped walk. You look like oh a dork. And You're like, oh, a dork anyway. Because first of all, it was 9,000 degrees in that room and I was sweating to death. It was hot in that room. But I had on these heels. I don't ever, ever wear a heel. And I could not hardly walk in these shoes anyway. So in between that, the sweating and the excitement, I mean, I am clomping like a wild animal to walking give, over to her. To give you an idea of how nervous Jenny was, she actually kept some paper towels from the bathroom on her because her hands kept sweating. Yes. And at the thought of potentially meeting Brittany, she didn't want to greet her with a sweaty hand. I didn't. And She's so got to start a night delightful of you. It's very courteous. Well, I try, but I didn't even get to shake her hand because we both went right in for the hug. It was the most natural. And let me tell you something, it was very scary Getting to meet her at first, I just, first impressions are everything. And I thought, what if she sucks? What if this is terrible? Like, what if she is not what I think? And oh, I just want to tell you, if you are a fan of her and you are wondering the same thing, I'm telling you, she's the real deal. She is so sweet, first of all. And you can agree, she is absolutely freaking gorgeous. Well, it looked like she wasn't wearing pants, which was actually, like, I feel like maybe her and Jason, you know, just got done right before they... I don't know what, you know, they could have, but like she had on a Def Leppard t-shirt, which I believe is a dress, but it, it looked like a long shirt. Well, that's the new trend now, it I guess. It is the trend um, to make it look like you have no pants on, which is a hysterical trend when you really think about it. Oh my gosh, let's do this fashion world. No pants for 2021 fall. Are we ready? <laughs> No, anyway, that sounds like a summertime trend to me. That yeah. does not sound like a fall trend. Well, let me tell you, if anybody can pull out, actually, pull out. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Jenny meant to say there, we apologize. Jenny meant to say, uh, pull it off. Uh, she meant Brittany Alden. You're sure, excited. You're telling the story. So what I want to know, what you still haven't told us okay. even on the radio, so, is what was the conversation about? I clop over to her, and I hug her at the door, and we're in the doorway at this point. So it's... I immediately, it was one of those word vomit situations where I'm like, oh my God, I love you. I've been following you on Instagram forever. You're my Instagram best friend. Ha ha ha. That's funny, right? Like, don't you have people you love on Instagram? Oh, it's incredibly, like it started out a little rough. Okay. But she was here for it. She was smiling and she was like really genuinely, I think, I think she was genuinely touched by the fact that somebody was this interested in what was going on with her. Especially with her rock star husband 10 feet away. Yes. So we kind of go there. And then once I sort of got a little bit of it out of my system, I actually... I had to check myself. I'm like, okay, you need to calm down or you're never going to be best friends with this girl. There's <laughs> no way it's going to happen. Okay. So we gradually, I don't know if she gets ushered into the room or how, how it happens, but we stroll into the room at this point and we're just off in our own little corner having girl talk. It was my dream come true. And so we're talking and honestly, I can't remember all of the things we talked about because it took me a minute to gather myself to realize what was happening. I was kind of having an out of body experience. But a couple of the highlights of things that I remember that I just it just made her even more real to me is that, you know, I said something about how I had I knew all about her when she was on American Idol, like she just tried out for American Idol. So I knew she could sing. And I've always wondered if they would ever sing together because she does have a delightful voice. And Mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, your husband's right here, like duet or something. And she it was just it was it was in a real like girl to girl way. She was like, no, girl, she's like. that's his world. I'm just living in it. She said, but I did have to create something for myself because, you know, I'm sure I'm a mom and that keeps me busy and whatever. But I think like a lot of women, it was a very relatable thing just to women, even though 
you got all the money in the darn world. Like you don't need to have a job or even women that, you know, they could use a job, but they've got to stay home and have and do and, and raise their kids. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Women need a lot of women need another purpose outside of that. And that's what she was saying is that her Instagram and all the things she's doing with her hair extensions and, you know, she's coming out with a fashion line and just all these things that she's doing. It's because she needs something for her. And I just thought that was a really honest thing for her to say. She didn't have to go there, you mm-hmm. know, but she was just really honest about it. She's like, yeah, I just, I really, I needed something. I felt, she, she even said, she's like, it's cool being a rock star wife, but she said, I need something for me. That's awesome. That's Did you, cool. she's been very, she's very honest and open about her political feelings. Did you guys discuss politics at all or did you leave that out of it? We did because she had posted on her Instagram story earlier in the day. Uh, she had a shirt up that said, we, the people are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she's not afraid to share her political views. And I, what I love about her, whether you agree or disagree, mm-hmm. I love that she's speaking her mind and and it's not the popular opinion right now and she's speaking it anyway and i just have respect for anybody who is willing to go against the grain yeah i respect that so she was telling me that the part of she's doing um it'll be i forget what she called it but it won't be it won't be out forever but it'll be a brief line that you can get where she and a friend like are, a clothing line yeah but okay. i'm trying to remember there's a name for it and i can't think of it right now but just where you can get a limited, like a limited edition type thing where they're going to have a few different shirt styles. I mean, give her a follow on Instagram and I'm sure she's going to tell us all about it when it's available. But if you are interested and if you agree with her political views, you could get one of the things she's offering. I don't know what the shirts are going to say or whatever, but something along the line of we the right. people are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't see the Aldeans maybe asking Marin Morris out on tour anytime soon. I don't I think f- that's going to happen. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. some disagreement, but shout out to all of them f- who are like, this is how I feel and I'm yeah, going sure. to stand up and say how I feel. Uh, I don't think it's the smartest thing to do either way because I feel like no matter what, you're alienating half of your potential audience. I'm going to be real with you. And and quite frankly, I get tired of any celebrity, be it musician or actress or whatever, telling me about their political opinions because quite frankly, I have my own and I really don't need anyone to guide me. You know what I mean? But I feel like because we are in a world where I I think we all should be able to have our own opinion and not be shamed for it. And I just admire that she's putting it out there. Like it or not, this is who I am. You know what I mean? She's not apologizing for it. And I, I like that. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Last week on the podcast, one of the things we featured was your son's joke. Oh, my God. I forgot. It, for those who forgot, forgot. Uh, Joe Biden, D's nuts was your son's joke. Ugh. Did you play that for her? I did. I played it for her. I played it for Jason. They were hysterically laughing. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah go back and listen. I was going to try to find it real quick, but go back and it's on it, last it, week's it's, podcast. Yeah, it's literally at the very beginning and the very end of last week's podcast. They laughed. And that was another thing, too, because I know this sounds ridiculous, but I feel like I do know them because she posts about their family life all the time. I feel like I know her kids. I mean, so because I know her kids, I feel like she automatically is interested in mine. So I played the joke of my son. Their kids are freaking beautiful. Their kids are With the eyes. Their kids' eyes, like, me me and not even as a parent, so I imagine it hits you even harder, but I'm just like, golly, those are some good-looking kids. Their lips, just their facial structure. I mean, they're absolutely stunning, but no wonder. She is seriously one of the prettiest human beings I have ever come in contact with. And, you know, I think she does wear a lot of makeup Mm because that's what you do, but... I asked her, I asked her, I forgot to tell you this. I asked her, I said, please tell me you have an ugly day. I was like, because when I wake up in the morning, I look absolutely atrocious. I was like, you have, like, make me feel better. Tell me that you at least wake up and look terrible. She goes, girl, ask my husband. She's like, (laughs) she goes, sometimes he's like, why don't you pull yourself together? It was just so awesome to hear her say that. Because you do look at her and think there's no way she has an ugly day. So then did you ask Jason? Because if I had known that, I'd be like, hey, Jason, 
Uh, does your wife ever look like shit in the morning, dude? Like, you know, if we ever get the chance to talk to them together for whatever reason, we should totally go there with the conversation. So relatable. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot to tell you. I told I asked her that. I know you forgot to tell me a lot because you wouldn't. Here's here's where oh I my was. Gosh, here was I was just kind of a little upset about the whole thing is because you refused to tell. By the way, all this time while you're having this these wonderful conversations, I being the good friend that I am. No, being my best friend. That was incredible. I uh I took my phone out and I just kind of took some candid pictures. I took yes. pictures when you guys weren't looking because those are always the best pictures. And then you guys kind of caught on, so you were doing some silly poses like you were conversing, which were also great pictures. <laughs> and then when it was all done, I I was like, "So tell me what you talked about." And then your stingy ass was like <laughs> cussing a lot, and I'm sorry about that. But you were like, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm saving it all for the radio, which I get. But at the same time, I was not happy about that because I was like, I would like to know. But Mike, honestly, I had to process it. And I know you don't <laughs> believe that, but I did. I was so beside myself. with it. First of all, just the excitement of the night, being backstage and getting to meet these stars and being in the radio room and just doing all these really cool things that I don't take for granted for a second. And then to have that conversation with her. And then I'm there with you, not to be cheesy, but like, I freaking love you. And I love our show. And I love all the things we get to do together. And the fact that we get to do these things together, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? I was so, I I even had a moment with myself where I was like, I don't think I've ever been this happy. I really don't think, in my life just in general. And then, of course, because I'm psychotic, I'm like, well, something bad's going to happen. (laughs) And sure as shit, I got the stomach flu the next day. (laughs) That is so my life. That is so my life. Yeah, and then I was so excited to hear about it on Monday. You call in sick Monday. I had the stomach flu. So I wait a whole, which, by the way, that was fun doing the show Monday by myself. I actually started that show by saying, well, Tater's on vacation. (laughs) Jenny called in sick. So uh, you're getting the old solo show, and not for nothing, keeping it 100% real with you on right. because we're on the podcast. It was the almost exact two-year anniversary. Like, I had a Facebook anniversary that reminded me that almost exactly two years ago, I had unexpectedly had to start doing this show by myself yeah. because people decided to quit without telling me. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, 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 like... All of a sudden, all that kind of came back because that that was a real crappy point. Mike. Yes. I did not enjoy that. Like, thank yes. God you came here because I, I did not enjoy doing that show by myself. We, we've talked about it before, but we were both at a weird place in our careers and like things we were not. Ha- we really weren't happy people. And then to be able to come together and just do this show that feels so freaking right. Yeah. It, it's just, it, that was, so Friday night was just, and we got, oh my God, we've been dealing with COVID. We haven't even gotten to go to concerts together. Kane Brown was the first show we've gotten to go to in over a year. Yeah. So to be able to just be doing all that, I just, I never take it for granted. And I was so in the moment of just really enjoying myself and having just the best time. It was very cool to be there for your first radio room. Uh, And I've only been to a handful myself. Tater, I know you've been in one or two. Do you have uh, just like a quick radio room story or an experience you'll never forget? Yeah, definitely. This is back when uh, Dirk Bentley brought John Party to Starlight a few years ago. And before we got to go back to hang out with Dirks in that kind of smaller radio room, which is pretty much probably the same setup, we went on John Party's bus. And I remember looking over. John's a very big dude. And I went and sat down on the bench and I look over and I, and I saw a couch and there's a pillow. And this pillow said, we had sex here. And so... <laughs> Oh, dear. I, so I took, I took my phone out and I did an Instagram story. I'm like, John Party's bus. I love it. And then I look over behind John. There's another pillow and it said, and here too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I, I go part two and I zoomed in and like John's like standing in the way and I had to wait till he moved in. It was such a great story. 
back to meet Dirks, one of my favorite guys in music. He's done a lot for my favorite band, the Cadillac Three. They're good buddies, and I just wanted to thank him for that and thank him for being such a, a great introduction into country because I didn't listen to country growing up. And 2012 was right when I started getting into it when I was going to radio school, and 5150 was out then. And it just he was such a nice guy, and it was just such a cool and, experience. And when, and when they're nice, it's just you like their music even more. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I will never understand why any celebrity, for that matter, acts like a tool because why you're just alienating people you know i think that's why taylor swift has been so wildly popular because she's gosh darn nice to everybody she meets well then she opened her mouth about politics (laughs) (laughs) but her uh, but i'll I'll tell you this her and garth two of the best shows i've ever seen never had the chance to meet taylor a lot of my peers have had the chance to meet taylor and i a couple times i i've never got the chance to meet taylor and so i'm i'm very I'm very, very jealous of that. I, I hope I get the chance to one day, or even if it's just to take a photo. The first time I met her was at one of those when she was brand, brand new, yep. and it was she was just meeting every single person in line. And she had, I mean, honestly, we probably talked to her for a good five minutes. It was one of those, she wasn't stopping until she had a conversation and a good face-to-face with every single person. That's insane. Which is, but it's the way to do it. I mean, that's how you do it. I mean, absolutely it is. I got to go on that. I just remembered this random, you said going on a tour bus, and I was like, have I ever been on a tour bus? The Goo Goo Dolls. How about me throwing it hey. back? Hey! Like in Did you slide onto that bus? <laughs> I slid on the bus with the Goo Goo Dolls. And do you know what I know about Johnny Resnick, the lead singer, is that I was mesmerized by the fact that he was completely hairless. He had all these tattoos and not a lick of hair anywhere on his body. Just a fun fact. Move on now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've I've been on a couple of buses, but it's been a, it's it's been a while. I uh, I did get to go on Brothers Osborne bus. That was fun because they were very drunk peer pressuring because they had this new bourbon that they really wanted us to try and would not take no for an answer. Here's a fun bus story. Uh, I'm two weeks in here at Q104. This is 2016. Uh, Kicker Country Stampede out in Manhattan. Jake Owens performing. We get the chance to say hello to him about 15 minutes before the show. And understand, Jake Owen is the last show of the last night that we're there. We're literally, my goal was because we had to be on the air early back in Kansas City, which is two hours away the next day. So my goal was, but we had stage duties, so we would, we, which was awesome. We get to go up on stage. What's up, Stampede? Ah! All right, well, here he is, Jake Owen. Ah! It's, it's very, it's, it's always, it gets your adrenaline going when you get to introduce the artist. So... But that whole day, I'm like, I'm not drinking. Not going to drink because I want to introduce this artist and I want to hit the road and I want to get back to KC. So a whole day, I don't have a drop. Being very good, I'm drinking water. I'm eating a lot because I'm like, well, if I can't drink, I'm going to stuff my face with unhealthy food. Absolutely. We go to meet Jake about 20 minutes before he's set to go on. Jake, at the time, is about to introduce to the market a couple of brand new whiskeys. Whiskies that honestly almost tasted like Malibu rum. They were a very sweet whiskey, and they were so good. Me, the giant wuss that I am, I could even drink them straight. They were that with a little ice. Very delightful. And me being two weeks into this job, not knowing anybody, when Jake Owen, you're on a guest on his bus, and he says, try my whiskey. You don't say no. You don't say no. And then he's like, did you like it? And I'm like, you know what, man? That was very good. And he's like, good. Because here's some more. Stop. And you don't say no. <laughs> so what I ended up having to do is watch about half the Jake Owen show. We get, we went out, we, and I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, Jake." No, I, I wasn't. I felt it. So we made the introduction. I'm sure it was great because I had just the right amount of buzz going. I'm feeling myself. And then we went out, 
And instead of leaving right away, we watched a little bit of the show from the side of the stage and had like another couple bottles of oh water. And then what was funny, you know me, weather nerd, I was watching the radar and you actually see it in the sky. There was a storm coming. Like you, and you know, we're in the middle of Kansas, so you can see a storm from 500 miles away. So the storm was coming, so we had to hurry up. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm good to go now. Run to the car, roll out, and literally you, we, can, we can see the storm. We can see the lightning flashes in the clouds in the rearview mirrors. We finally get on 70 and are able to, to stay ahead of it and beat it. And that's my, uh, that's my random take. That's Jake a good story. story. Yeah, I did get to hang out with Russell on his bus too once. That was pretty cool. That's that so fun. I actually, before I had the obsession with Russell that I do now, and I was still kind of just getting to know him as an artist, not really as a person. You know how how wonderful like him and his wife are on yeah. Instagram? We were at, he performed at The Truman a couple of years ago. And I didn't realize how cool it was at the time. It's just weird to think of all these stories that mm-hmm. we're just remembering off the top of our head now. I sat and watched the entire show with his wife. Huh? Me and Kaylee sat there and probably talked for 45 minutes. We talked about we should go hang out at Lake of the Ozarks sometime. Like, was it actually going to happen? Of course not. But, like, as obsessed as I can, as I kind of am with their family now, I... You, that was your shot. That was your time. And I mean, I'm, and I shot my shot, but they haven't come to Lake of the Ozarks. So to fast yet. forward on my Brittany Aldean story, um, she did follow me on Instagram yesterday. Yeah. What? I'm just saying, we are officially friends. Yeah. Congratulations. Now, are we ever hanging out in real life? It's doubtful. But we you are know go- what? We are going to Nashville next month. You, I honest to God, I think you should send a DM. I am never doing this. No, 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 and just say, hey. Just so you know, because we're going for work next month. Remember, we're going to Nashville right before the CMAs. Uh-huh. We're going to Starstruck Studios, Reba Studios. Very right. excited to broadcast from there for a couple of days. I don't think, I think there's a very professional, I'll even write it for you. I can't do it. Hold on. And just say. I'm very uncomfortable. Just say, I know you are, mm. but shoot your shot and what if it works and you could see her again. No, because here's the thing. I feel like I fangirled so hard that. At first. I know, but I don't. Now I, you know what it is? I gotta be cool. This is like dating, right? Now I just gotta be cool for a while. Okay, well you're I gotta, waiting. Like, chill. I gotta cool. But you're cool. waiting more than three days. You're literally waiting a month to reach out. We'll see I how say, it goes. The week before, mm-hmm. I think you reach out. You say hey, and then you pretend. You know, you you be like, I don't know if you remember me. We met in Kansas City. I'm a big fan of yours. And then just say, just want you to. We'll be in Nashville doing interviews with a bunch of artists at Starstruck. Uh, would love to see if you oh had time God. to stop by. I, there's absolutely no way. I want to believe that I would say that, but I'm not that girl. I just, I've already, I was so, again, we had a okay. wonderful conversation. Are you one nice, are you ghosting Brittany Aldean? <laughs> no, I'm not ghosting you her. You just said you're never going to reach out again. No, it's one of those, like, I feel that now we're friends, but uh-huh. I would have to see her. I'd have to just like, let's say we're doing the broadcast and she comes up. Oh, hey girl. Like it's hey. one of those. Why don't you just give me your phone for five minutes about a no, week before we I travel down do there? Uh-uh. I'll type it out, uh-uh. and, then you, and then you can either choose to hit send or delete. It's going to be weird. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll think about it. But the point is, she's following me on Instagram. She liked my family photo I just put up. Thank you. And that was like four days after your conversation. She reached she's out. She's been thinking about me. She reached she's out. She's been thinking about and me. And you're ghosting her. It's your turn to make the move. Well, no, because I made the move. So then she put some hearts on the post that I had put up with the pictures of us. Right. And then I put, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> no, you actually, your comment back was, and oh, my and, life is complete. No, I put, and I'm dead. And oh. I put a heart. But that was it, just to acknowledge that I, I see you, Brit. I see you, Brittany, but I'm not going to psycho out on you anymore. You, 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 I don't think it's psycho to reach out, especially if we're already in Nashville for work anyway.
What I would do is I would say, hey. Uh, don't listen to Tater's advice. Terrible <laughs> with dating. You, let's hear this. No, I'm kidding. Let's hear this. I, I would say, hey, you know, I think me and you really connected. I think that oh, we have God. a lot of same interests and things like that. No, I think no, if no, I'm going right to there. Nashville, I've never been there. Can you tell me certain things to do? I'm here for okay. these days. Just slide right into it, the DM like that. Okay. You know, okay. You know what? Okay. Actually, I don't think that's a terrible idea. I think it's hey, a listen, idea. Brittany, if anybody knows shopping, you do. What, what boutiques do I need to hit up? Mm-hmm. The second half of what you said was a great yeah, idea. It was great. The first half was not. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm giving her the idea. I know Jenny's going to put it in her own words, and it's going to be elegant. And it's going to be very... Uh, no, it's going to be obnoxious. It's going it's it's to be. Oh, my God, I love you. Where do you go shopping? She, she's oh literally going to stutter while she's typing. She's going to be like, hi. <laughs> you guys, I met her. I did it. I willed it into existence and it happened. And now you're best friends, which is why. And now, now as, as you've said this, you've said, oh, my God, we're best friends now. You've said that, right? No, I did. But I'm okay. kidding. Okay. Okay. But now that you've said that, <laughs> what kind of friend, if you're in the same town, you don't at least reach out. Say, hey, girl, let's grab a cocktail or six. Let's get oh, wasted together. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what she's got to appreciate, though? In all seriousness, don't you think she appreciates the fact that somebody is not in it for what's going on with her husband. Like Jason could honestly be out mowing the lawn and I wouldn't care. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not because of that. It's truly who she is. And, and really it isn't even all, it's not like what she could offer. It's, she just seems like a mom who loves her kids as much as I do. Mm-hmm. She seems like a mom who went through IVF. Like I did. She seems like, you know, did somebody she go that, through IVF? She did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she just seems like a, a mom, you know, just, what it is is I think we like the same thing. She just has eight more million dollars than I do to buy them. Yeah. That's all. Sure, sure. I think you should send a DM a week before we go and just say, hey, we're going to be in Nashville next week. Would love for you to stop by the studios to say hi if you get a chance. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have one more thing to get to on the podcast, then we'll roll out here. But uh, I did um, I, I did have a conversation with our boss, Todd, earlier. Uh, we went in-depth uh, on the season two finale and season two overall of Ted Lasso. And I wanted to share that with you. You will hear that in 45 seconds. All right, here we go. Season two of Ted Lasso has completed. I have kicked Jenny Matthews out of the studio because I understand season two wasn't the gloriousness that season one was, so she did not watch it. Uh, so I'm instead joined by Todd Nixon, our boss, our midday host of Q104, who is a fellow Lassoian, Lassite. La- Either one I think works. Lass- Lassite? Lassoian? Now I'm all confused. Lasshole? Yeah! <laughs> that too. Okay, so we've got it figured out. A fellow Ted Lasso fan, and you have watched the season finale as well, so we're all caught up. We're all here. So, yep. if, yeah, if you have not watched all the episodes, we're going to put out a whole bunch of spoilers right now. So heads up. Heads up. Three, two, one. Okay. Here we go. Effing Nate the Snake, piece of garbage, <laughs> hot dog turd, loser kid. I hope, you know what? His hair is now all gray. I hope that just continues and it all falls out. No offense because you're bald, but you know what I'm saying. I hate that guy so much. Uh, Nathan Anakin Skywalker Shelley, that's his new name. Hey. And Nate the Snake. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty awful. And, you know, it, it all makes sense after watching the, the season two finale because it just – he was just an asshole the entire time, the entire, the entire time. series. I'm like, dude, what the heck is going on with Nate? Here's the thing. And, and I, I, there's a part of me, I, sympathy is not the word. I don't sympathize with what, he's, with, with what he's doing. What I can already see, I can see what he doesn't realize. I, I can see why he's mad, and then I can see what he doesn't realize. Because he thinks that like he can be a head coach 
because he can he can think up soccer. But what was the the false nine that he came up with for the last game of the season? Yeah, that was his idea. And Ted's like, that's a great idea. Let's use it. And but he's like, well, Ted's gonna get all the credit because Nate has to be in the spotlight all the time. Look at me, look at me. I bet, <laughs> hey, I'm an only child. I love attention too. There's no way this character's not an only child. I feel like. Well, he just doesn't recognize that you know Ted recognized the talent, put him in the place to be a star, and then just completely forgot about all that. I mean, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be the the new head coach of West Ham if it wasn't for Ted Lasso that recognized that hey, he actually has some skills. I mean, and, and Ted recognizes he's not the the the. And I'll be all. That's why you have a team of players, right? Yeah. You have everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and everyone does different things. But uh, I think Nate just uh, he just lost his mind. I think it goes back to if you want to really get into it. I think it's I triggered do. from his from his dad and his family, and he would never talk to his dad like he talked to Ted Lasso on that episode. Oh so, my god! Did you, you know. not want to reach through your television and punch that fool in the mouth when he had the audacity to mention Ted's son in front of him? Like, what What in the actual hell is wrong with you? Now, granted, Nate will never have a son because he'll die a virgin because no one wants to ever sleep with that guy, that nerd. Sorry. I'm getting hot over this, man. And, and the picture of Nate and Ted is at Ted's house. That's why it's not on his desk. So it's, he was all upset about that. I'm like, okay, it's just he just needs to calm down. He's going to he's gonna realize it. He will realize it at the end of season three at some point. He's going to go, uh-oh. Or, you know, maybe he figures it out and Ted, that's when Ted goes back to Kansas. We don't want that to happen right now. But No. no. By the way, so see, we, we do know season three. We know uh, Jason Sudeikis is getting paid a million dollars per episode for season three. Well-deserved, by the way. Congrats, Jason. Yeah, no kidding, man. Congrats, Jeez. dude. That's awesome. That. But um, well, let's now let's backtrack because I wanted to just yell at Nate for like five minutes. So I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But let's, all, let, let's backtrack. Let's, let's look at season two as a whole. Uh, obviously, I, I think everybody who watches Ted Lasso agree that season two was nowhere near the quality of season one. I mean, this season is... Was, At least the the finale of the season two wrapped up a lot of loose ends. I yes. mean, I think this season, and now seeing the, the the finale, it's like, oh, maybe they needed to do some of the episodes dedicated to some of the characters so they could come in to the end, so they could go into season three. I think they maybe... I feel like they knew that. I think they knew season two was going to be kind of a eh, and they needed to figure out some things with their characters, and I think they're going to be able to do that in season three and really come back to do some cool stuff. I did, yeah, season two was kind of, you have to get through it so you can, because they needed to build off something. Because season one, there was like the shock of, oh my gosh, this hillbilly from Kansas is coaching English football. Ha, 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 ha. And you can build a season off of that, but you can't keep that going forever. Eventually that that uh, that enigma wears off and you, you have to find other interesting storylines to keep people going. That being said, I feel like there's a lot of people now who they started watching, and obviously Ted Lasso is their favorite characters, the main characters, Jason Sudeikis, he's a gosh darn delightful person. Mm-hmm. But I think now a lot of people maybe have another character that's their favorite, not necessarily Ted Lasso. My wife, she wa- she'll walk downstairs, look me dead in the eye, Sterling, and go, Oi! Oi! Yeah. Roy my, Kent, baby. My wife, Roy Kent's me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, I think that we needed to get some of the complexities of the of the characters, the nuances in season two, and we just had to do it because yeah, season one was such a like holy cow this thing. Now what do we do? So you know, yeah, I think we had to have that. I think season three is going to help tie all those weirdness of season two together, and I'm glad the I'm glad the finale wrapped that up because the finale was really good. The finale was really good. It kind of went into each of those characters real kick quick and wrapped them up, and it was it's cool. 
Yeah. I'm really worried about Roy. Speaking of Roy, Roy and Keeley, I think that's over, man. I, I feel like that's a prediction for season three. You you and I had texted that to each other, actually, at the uh, – because and, and, and shout, you said the finale. I think the last two episodes – of the season were really good. I think it was almost like a, if, if that were like on network television, I feel like they would have promoted the second to last episode as the season finale part one and then part two, the other one. So, um, yeah, it took a while to get there, but I'm, I'm really glad I, I really wasn't ever planning on leaving the Ted Lasso train, but like, I understand why people did in season two. So I'm really grateful. Well, the, they the, were co- the coach beard episode was one. I'm like, Oh boy, if, if it keeps going down this road, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and then the uh, the Christmas episode early one. Although a lot of people on the internet love the Christmas episode early one. I, I did not care for that episode one bit. I didn't hate it. I also understand why they do those. Those are filler episodes that they put in the season. It's a little cheaper to produce. You don't have all the main characters in there. But it still, still tells a storyline. And every series does something like that. You know? Yeah, I know, I know they do. But um, I'm excited. Yeah, I, th- I think season three, I think you, you had brought up a good point. I, I was like seeing red at Nate. I was just so mad at him. And then you had to kind of bring me back down to earth and say, well, you realize what they did. They've just set up like the ultimate villain for season three, which is every good show needs somebody that everybody hates. Yes. And so they brought back the villain. They've got, you know, so they've got uh, uh, Rebecca, the owner. So her, her ex-husband is now back as the owner of West Ham United. And of course he hires... Of course he hires Nate. Dude, Nate is going to get walked on. I can't I can't wait for this to happen because Nate's about to realize that being a coach is more than about – it's more than just coming up with plays. Being a leader is more than just coming up with plays. Like, you have to lead men. And there's going to be full-grown men in that locker room who are going to look like – like, like who, who is this – who is this little, little little chubby nerd thinks he can tell me what to do? I'm a, I'm a professional footballer. You can't – you can't – the guy's going to have no respect. Well, I mean, it's like Roy Kent in season one. I mean, Roy Kent was like, I'm, I'm with Ronald McDonald, you know, <laughs> for the coach, you know. Uh, I left out some choice words in that, but it's, you know, sure. it's kind of the same thing. I don't know if, I just don't think Nate's got that drive to be able to turn somebody. And by the way, can we say one of the moments I love too, probably the most adorable part was when Ted and Beard were kind of fangirling over Roy maybe becoming part of the, of Diamond, the Diamond Dogs. Dogs. Yes! <laughs> Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> no, I don't want to be a part of your club. I just want you to, I just want to say something, and then I want you to talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, because now you have to do the accents now. By the way, I had a, I had a wild, I have a wild thought here. I was wondering why they didn't use as much of Jamie Tot in season two. Because I'm a, I like, I mean, I don't like, you know, the character. He's arrogant. He's that. He's all that. But I. I enjoyed him. He always made me laugh. And I just, I kind of had a thought as to what may have happened. I feel like one of the critiques, like Jenny always talks about how one of her biggest critiques of the show is she has trouble understanding the people because of how thick the accents are. And obviously, this, this is a show, even though it's based in Britain, it's made for Americans. But Jamie's accent is the thickest of all the accents of anybody on the show. And I don't know what that dialect is. I know, like, you know, in the U.S., we have northern accent and southern accent. I don't know what that is called. Yeah, yeah, and we got um, New, New York. They have lots of them there. Lots of dialects, the same dialects, we do yeah, here. Absolutely. But his is so thick. I think maybe they pulled him back on season two just to work with him on not sounding so whatever he is. Like, I think that's... Uh, it's like the redneck. That's the redneck uh, version. I think... Okay, I'm going to be a dork here. You know how I am with maps and everything. I think he's more of a northern guy, like a Manchester slash Liverpool, which is more in the northern half of England as opposed to London, which is the south of England. Because the Liverpool... The Beatles. Like, he's almost got... that. You know, remember how the Beatles talked? How they... It was an English accent, but it was a different English accent. And they were from up... They're from up in Liverpool, which is way up north. And I think he's got... Kind of... He... he Keele... 
Like yeah, he, yeah, he, does, get... he doesn't say Keely. He says Keela. I'm now I'm a bad person. Like he's, it's like. <laughs> so, but I think yeah. I think they're working with him on that because I think they need to bring him back and put him more in the spotlight because he's. You may not like him, but he's interesting. I think he's cranks out real interesting storylines. I think in season two he definitely softened up from season one. I think in season three he's going to go back. He's going to revert back to the ways as he was in season one. Do you think bad boy again? Uh, you think he's going to go all the way back? I think he's or you, think the way back. you don't think there's going to be a nice middle of the road compromise there? Something's going to happen to him, and he's going to lose it, and he's going to go all the way back. He's going to go back to being a rock That's star. I feel like it. Yep. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, but that episode where they realize that he's being too nice. And they tell him, like, Jamie, you need to be more of a dick. Like, you've right. been, you're now too nice, and that's why you're not scoring as much. So we'll you give average. you, we need you, we're going to give you the special sign that tells you when you need to, <laughs> you know where I'm going, the special <laughs> yes. sign. And then they're like, what well, that tells you, you need to be selfish again. And they don't tell him what the sign is. They say, you'll know it when you see it. And all, they, they, all the coaches just flip them off. <laughs> give them the and that's his sign to be selfish. And I think they went and won that game. They did, they did win that, yeah. It was, it was awesome. So I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel like season three is going to bring it back to the left. I don't know if anything can compare with season one. Season one, Ted Lasso is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, yeah. But you got to feel like if you powered through season two, like, well, I feel like we're all part of this exclusive club who went through a challenging time together, and now we've all made it, and now we're about to reap the rewards of season three. I really think that's the case. I think they had to go into some of these characters to show them who they are, the nuances, what's going to happen, and give storylines because – and, you know, I feel like the finale tied in together very well. Season three is going to continue that that uh, that momentum. I Did you think uh, Sam Obisanya was going to leave and go back to Nigeria? Were you I worried? I didn't think so. I I mean, I think he's a main character at this point. I mean, sure, I was worried about it, but um, boy, the the guy from Africa, the billionaire, was yeah. it was very <laughs> sus. And you know what? He showed his cards. You know, and Sam was right. And that just goes to show you, just trust your gut on stuff, man. If you don't feel right about something, and Sam never did, don't do it. Little, little little soccer nugget here for the because like I am a dork now. I'm to the point now where I actually on Saturday mornings I'll wake up and watch the Premier League. I'll, I'll watch live matches like from London as they're happening. And uh, the owner that night that Nigerian the, the the billionaire he gave Sam number ten. That is like a a big number to be given in soccer. Like there are oh. like ten, nine, and seven are like usually your premier scorers, your leaders of the team, the guys who are. Usually going to sell the most jerseys, basically. Okay. So Sam, of course, here wears twenty four for Richmond. So to be given the number ten for a club, and you know that owner said how he's going to make it like the fourth largest club in the world. Like that was a that was a big gesture he made there, and I feel like a lot of people didn't catch that. Like the number ten in soccer is a is a big deal. Missed that. Missed that. Did not know that. They do a really good job of of sneaking in, because like you know you don't have to be a soccer fan to like Ted Lasso. But if you are a soccer fan, there's all these little things they throw in that you don't, if you didn't know any better, it wouldn't matter to you. But it, it really helps with the authenticity of the show. Oh, and I just, and I just, I appreciate that they do it. I like that, like, the, the actual club is like this made up team. Like, AFC does not exist. But all the other teams, those are actual real British football Big teams clubs. Too, yeah. yeah. Huge. Man City, you know, Jamie going to Man City was huge. West Ham is, by the way, West Ham, garbage team. Sorry, I'm going to say it because West Ham based in East London. That's where they're stadium. That's how stupid that is. So, of course, Nate wants to go to that team, wants to go to West Ham in East London. How dumb is that? <sighs> anyway, well, 
I appreciate you coming in to vent with me about season three or about season two and season three. Oh, absolutely. I forget about it. And I, I hope, Jenny, if you're listening to this, by the way, I hope you go back. Now, I hope you watch. I hope you watch because because it's a it's a buildup. It's a process. But when you get to, I feel like the end is worth the wait. Uh, the payoff as well is very good. Exactly. Thank you, Todd Nixon. Let's yep. go, Ted Lasso. Woo-hoo. Go, Richmond. Go, Greyhounds.